So go to First uh, Kings nineteen nineteen, and uh, everybody go ahead and have a drink real quick, and we'll. Uh, so he departed from there, and I, and I'll hopefully I can put this in perspective. Um, and uh, so your neighbor knows we're going to go there today. I didn't explode last night. I thought I was going to. Because I'm, Big Steve, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at still. And uh, somebody told me, it's planet Earth and you're still in America. <laughs> you're still here. Still America. As long as you can hold on to it. So what we're doing is prepping for the harvest. That's the, that's the talk here. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by and cast his cloak upon him, his mantle onto him, this young, this young preacher, this young prophet. And he left the oxen, and he ran to Elijah and said, let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from, the, uh, from following him, and he took the 12th, and he took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh and with the yokes of oxen, and he gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose, and he went to Elijah and assisted him. So I preached a longer message on this some, some time ago. It was uh, uh, kill the cow, burn the plow is what I called it. Um, what's going on here? So Elijah, this is after Elijah does a lot of great things. Let's see, he... Uh, uh, he confronts Ahab. He, he fights with the uh, 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Uh, he brings the rain back. Uh, he comes out of this cave where he was hiding from this lady named Jezebel. Um, and then he, he makes his way out here to this boy's field where he's plowing. He's doing some, uh, it's called ag work, agricultural work. Um, and... Um, and he tells this young man, hey, it's time for you to follow the Lord, time for you to go into ministry, time for you to uh, get out from behind your mom's apron strings and, and go to work. So he goes, okay, I gotta, I'll go to work, uh, but let me kiss my mom and dad, and then I'll let them know I'm not coming back anymore. And so he doesn't get distracted. He actually cooks uh, the the cows for his for all the his servants and the people who are working for him, and then he burns his equipment, so he doesn't get tempted to go back to his old life. Now, some of you may have to do that today, and if you if I'm talking anywhere at all about a part of your life, you might say Amen. Some of the things that are going on in our lives, we need to just go. You know what, man? Um, I I need to get rid of it. Or you could, you could call it, if you want to, Miss Chittenden, you could call it a purge. Sometimes you need to just walk through, Bill, walk through your property and, and look around and after a while. And these are things that you used to do. And you go, you know what? Say it with me, class. I don't need that anymore. We just got to get that out of my life. And whether you say, it would be like if, if God called you in the ministry and you were in the IT world, which I am not. No, no, nothing about IT. It'd be like you taking a hammer and smashing your computer so you didn't go back to computer world or whatever that's called. That wouldn't be real hard for me because I never went to it in the beginning. But 
It would be like me moving my pantry out of my house so I didn't go to the food cupboard anymore. And I do do that. But I don't plan smashing my freezer anytime soon because it's got deer meat and ice cream in it. And I, can I keep preaching here today? I'm going to. Uh, so anyways, he's prepping for his ministry going ahead. He's getting rid of some of the things in his life and, and maybe... Uh, if we can set the mood and we ask the power of the Holy Spirit to descend on this place, you can, you can just let God know today that I, I plan on continuing to, to serve him, so I want you to get rid of some things in my life that I need to get rid of. So let's bring the house lights down. We'll pray over that. We'll pray over your offering today uh, and, and let the Lord know I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to go in the game room and start prepping for the game. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, these things that we need to get rid of, these things that have finally reached a level of stench in our lives, we're, we're ready to get rid of them. We're not children anymore. And we would like for the, for the, the harvest ahead uh, to be a harvest uh, for you and your kingdom. So we're prepping now, uh, Lord God, and ask for, for a blessing now over this offering. And uh, the hands that give, that they know they would actually get to be able to see this when they get into glory. Uh, we give you the glory uh, for this day and this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Let's applaud the Lord. Let the basket come by. Remind your neighbor you're not at your mama's church, though. It's your mama's church. You might be. I, I don't know. But your mom may be sitting next to you. 2 Timothy chapter 4, let's get into it. Rise with me and we'll pray over. Put your hand on the word. Lord, we just put our hand on the sword. Uh, you, you tell us, Lord God, it, this divides joints and marrow. Um, and Lord God, it cuts to the core. So let it do its handiwork here today. In, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Applaud the Lord one more time and tell your neighbor to sit down. So I'm going to give you a couple of, a couple of things I, I thought about prepping. Prepping is, is it, are there any preppers here? I just want, is there anybody, a prepper here? You're, you can the stuff. I wanted to tell you this, Terry. You can't get a 55-gallon drum at Rural King. You can't get them, and you go, well, that's surprising. They're all sold out. I went there yesterday, Gary, to get a 55-gallon, because we burn all our trash at the, at the farm. And... Uh, I couldn't find one, so I went to Warrington. The it's it's the it's the grandiose of all rural kings. Ask me, say do tell. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It has everything that I'm interested in: hunting, guns, food, ag, food, chips. So I go in, I didn't see any barrels outside, and I went in, I asked the young person, I said, is there any barrel? Oh, no, there's no barrels here. We're, I guess they're in a shortage of barrels. So I called Pastor and I said, hey, go down to the Wentzville store, and they'll surely have some barrels, and bring one out to the farm. He called me back and said, there's no barrels there. So there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of prepping. So if you're a school teacher, you are prepping your room. 
Uh, you go in and you get the fish in the fishbowl and the, and the gerbil in the cage and the signs and all the warm, fuzzy things to make the kids feel good like they're coming back to school. The parents are out buying new clothes for the kids and, and new T-shirts and new tennis shoes and all that stuff. And say it with me, we're prepping. Prepping, we're prepping. Uh, and I thought about that and thank God for all the teachers. Can I get a witness in the house? If you're a teacher, my head is off to you. My head is off to you. Thank God for the teachers. And my prayer is today, Big Steve, is that the teachers actually get to teach the kids something that they need to learn. I mean, just uh, that it's not all pronoun training. So I called one of my friends yesterday, on Friday, and he told me he was in pronoun training. I was like, what the heck is that? And that's where you learn how to address a child. In this, I'm not even going to go into it because I don't understand. It's way above what I can think. And I, never, and I thought to myself, I thought, well, when's the last time an adult need to consult a child to be told what? Why do we as adults need to consult children on what we need to do? Here's the deal. Look at me. I don't. Does the church feel better right now? Okay. Concrete workers put gravel on top of dirt and compact it so the concrete, they're prepping the place for concrete to be poured. Farming, you know, they do their ag things and all this. Football. I think, and my son just confirmed, I told you, my grandson goes back earlier. If you're an athlete and you go back to school, you go back earlier so you can prep for the season ahead. You watch films and you do the playbook and all that kind of stuff and, and you prep for football, amen? And there's a lot of other things you prep for too is a, um, deer hunting, make sure your food plots are in and that's a, that's a national holiday here in Missouri. Um, the Apostle Paul is prepping his young, uh, young son in the faith, Timothy, to take this church or... Not, I don't believe just the church in Ephesus, but I believe he's telling him, here's, here's the things you're going to need to do. It's only eight verses long. Chuck, it's not going to be a very long message. He says, for one, follow me. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of, Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. And if you're reading King James, it would say the quick and the dead. So I won't be the judge your mother-in-law won't be the judge, your daddy, your grandpappy, your aunt, your uncle, nobody, the preacher, the deacon, they won't be the judge. God will be the judge. Now elbow the person next to you and say, get off your high horse. Or throw your hands up in the air and say, somebody's judging me. No, God's going to be the only one that's judging you, so... Who gives a tinker's rip what they say anyways? They got bad breath. Do you ever, I mean, like somebody's, I'm like, dude, man, get the breath under control, then come back and visit me. I mean, you can't even get your breath right. You surely don't need to speak into my life. Joyce, that's good. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget that one. That was good. 
and I have a lot of them. So here's what he says. So we're prepping this young man to go out into the, into the preaching world and run a church. Boy, there's nothing easier than that. Somebody told me uh, when I started in the ministry when I was preaching, he said, all you got to do is preach. And I was like, yeah, man, that's just an easy job. That's all I got to do is just show up here on Sunday. Everything's ready to roll. Somebody asked me if I had a job. Amen. And by his, he judged the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. What does it say? 4 2 says what? Uh, say it a little louder so somebody can. Here's the deal you got to, and I got to. Because what we're trying to do is prepare the next generation, whether you're older than me, my age, or younger, and then you got kids and grandkids and all that. So you have preach the word so they understand what it is they have to do. Um, uh, for future reference, uh, when my daughter was pulling out of school uh, or pulling out of the driveway to go to school the other day, I just told her, I said, pray, read your Bible, and work out. And if you get those three right while you're down there, if you get an education, it's a bonus. I mean, let's be honest, amen? But if you ain't praying and reading your Bible, you know the rest probably ain't going to work either. And you have to make sure that you take care of your physical health too. Preach the word, be, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. If you're a teacher, you know you better have patience or get out of the business. Put your hand on your hip. Oh, if I hear that one more time. And I, girls always, when they put their hand on their hip, they always put their, their hand on their hip upside down. Or a guy might be looking at somebody, he's like, man, I can't believe that. And a girl goes, oh, don't you dare. <laughs> and I can't hardly do it. It's as uncomfortable right now. And tell me, don't ever do that again. <laughs> You're going to, if you leave it there for five more seconds, the man card's coming. <laughs> it's gone, Cherry. It's I feel like I need to go chop wood now. Hold on. Um, with complete patience and teaching. So we're, we're prepping and, and we're getting you and me and the kids for the harvest. Because we never know when that's going to come in. And, and we got an idea. It is when, when the kids get back to school and all that. And they're going to learn this. And they're going to do this, that, and the other. For a time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. Or it says sound teaching. But having itchy ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. So I, I can't figure out how and why we got in America where we're trying to tell God we, we, we would really like to get away with this sin instead of getting away from sin. Why, why, why are we trying to feel, see what we can get away with instead of getting away from sin? And then if we don't like the way the preacher preaches, we'll develop a new Bible and go to a new church, and maybe the word won't be like that. Well, if the word's not like this, it's not the word. Amen. And if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you ain't got a church. Oh, talk back to me a little bit. Woo! Praise God. I'm glad I got a cheering section of four. Uh, but, but when you, plowing is, is, or prepping for a harvest is not easy. 
because you got to get the things together. And I told you, I failed miserably at my organic garden. I just did. You know, I'm pretty good with the hay and the farming thing, but I was going, say it with me, off grid. I'm going, I don't have to, I told you, I don't have to buy groceries anymore from Aldi or anything like that. I'm going out back, I'll get all my groceries out of my organic garden. <laughs> say, no, you won't. <laughs> Ask me what's growing back there. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, so, you don't want to follow me on how to create an organic garden. I got an organic mess. So, this is why the Apostle Paul writes to this young Timothy, and whether you believe it or not, he's wrote 13 books in the New Testament, so we might even be able to say he's the greatest man to ever put pen to paper. I mean, it's, it's, if you just look at it, Jerry, in that context, you could go, this is quite possibly the, the greatest author of all time. So let's see what he says. He says, uh, I have to go here, so don't get upset with me. Sound teaching, but have itchy ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. So if, if you're living a habitual, intentional, willful, sinning lifestyle, you're not going to want to hear the truth because the truth is going to reveal how far from Christ you are because of the sin that you entertain every day. Okay, verse 5. As for you, always be what? Be sober-minded. So what does sober-minded mean? That means not have your mind intoxicated with anything other than the Bible. And Pastor Aaron told me, the other, we were driving around out in Warrington, and we're looking at some things, and he said, look, there's a drive through pot shop. drive through pot shop. So after you go through, drive through McDonald's, you can drive, it's, they're within a quarter of a mile. You can drive through Mrs. Cope and get pot. It's a pot shop. And it's sad, but it's, it's look at your neighbor and say it's legal. We want to know why we're in the place we're in right now. We've legalized marijuana. We've legalized this. We legalized that. And, and we ordained this. And we have pot shops. And we want to know why people are shooting people and stabbing people and running. It's because they're not sober-minded anymore. They're intoxicated by spirits of the devil. Those are demonic spirits. Um, pot. I, I just, you know, I was like, and you know sooner or later it's going to be an inconvenience for them to have to make two stops or they're going to end up making a, a, a pot in the box that also sells food. You can get your wheat and your hamburger at the same time. Uh, by the way, supersize that. Not for the, no, for me. Give me a dime bag. Uh, there's got to be a hippie in here that's a wisecracker. You know something? It's 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 we've we've gotten to the place where where you just can't do this with me, and that way I know I'm not alone. You go, where where the heck are we? Right. we no other country tolerates. Never mind. I said no other country tolerates that kind of behavior. You can't go to pot 
in a box any other place in the world except America. Drive through liquor stores, pot in the box. Then you can drive through the pharmacy. I'll keep going. Be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist. So what does it mean to do the work of an evangelist? It means do the work of an evangelist, maybe like a Billy Graham or, or somebody like that that is out there constantly. You go, what is it they're trying to do? Constantly get people saved. And everybody always goes, well, Billy Graham really wasn't that deep. Here's a, he was deep enough to get millions of people saved through the gospel of Jesus Christ. How deep do you need to be? How deep do you need to be? So he tells us to do this because we know that there's going uh, to be a day coming. And by the way the looks of the landscape is, it's going to happen pretty quick. So do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. For I'm, So he comes to the end of his, of his, uh, his ministry, we know is coming close. And it says, for I am being, ready, uh, being poured out as a drink offering and my time of departure has come. I have fought the good fight. And let's be honest, being a Christian ain't for sissies. Amen. It could be actually quite, quite tough. It's, a, it's probably the toughest thing I've ever done is become a Christian. Uh, because what you have to do is deny flesh in order to follow Christ. So he says, uh, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. What does that mean, I've kept the faith? That means I've kept the gospel where? Everywhere I go. At work, I've kept the gospel. I've kept the gospel on Facebook. I've kept... Woo, I knew the claps wouldn't go up there. Oh, pastor, you just don't know about my face. I don't know about your Facebook page, and I don't care about it. You're supposed to keep the gospel every place you go. So he says you're supposed to keep the gospel in the, in the workplace, in the, uh, in the marketplace, and at church. And, and remember, I told you integrity is doing the right thing even when somebody's not looking. Because God's always looking, Pastor Jay. Always looking. He knows what's going on. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. So you ask, why do we do it? Because sin is that powerful, and that's why we need a powerful Savior, and his name's Jesus Christ. And he paid the atoning work at the cross at Calvary for you and I 2,000 years ago. It's sufficient for the sin that you're going through today to prep the soil. Uh, so I'm being ready uh, in my time of departure. I, all right, he says, uh, so here's the last verse here. We got here pretty quick, but... I may slow this train down a little bit. So let's, let's dim the lights. We're going to set the mood and, and ask that the Holy Spirit do something supernatural like he always does. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the, the righteous judge, will award me uh, on that day. And, and not only me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Loved his appearing. I love the appearance of people being in church. I love the appearance of the Holy Spirit giving somebody goosebumps. I love the appearance of what, what God does during VBS. I love the appearance when people are getting baptized. I love the appearance uh, of, of, of God's people coming to saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I, lo I, love, the, I love the appearing of that favor on people's lives. So here's what I'm going to say to you. This crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only me, but to all who uh, loved his appearing. So in the end, as we know it, as we know it, um, 
there will be two lines that uh, there'll be the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne of judgment. Those are the two seats that it, it talks about in the end times. So I'm going to ask you to rise with me here for a second as I explain what's going on here. So, so in the uh, so the judgment seat, they they get this or this is used in, in like in a in a Roman Colosseum setting where the where the judge is up there and he judges all the all the things that all these athletes have done and he puts medallions around their necks and and maybe a wreath around their head and and he judges all the good things that they have done and that's what and that's what Jesus will do after you've given your life to Jesus Christ if you haven't done that do that first Diane before you leave here make sure make sure that you've given your life to Christ so he can do something with it and you go, well, how do I get there? You have to finally go like this. Lord Ridley, you have to put your hands up in the air and go, you know what, I give up. You just have to, you have to give up. You can't continue, Troy, with the same agenda today. You, when you roll into church, you got to just throw your hands up and go, you know what, man? I'm done. I, I know my life is unmanageable. Here's the deal. We can prep and prep and prep and prep. But today, God has brought you to the, to the place here at Have Bible Will Travel. This is his church, and we are his people, and this is his building. You know, anything after salvation is just a bonus. Did I tell you that, Chuck? Any, anything else that God decides to give to you, Grindel, is nothing more than just a bonus. Because let's be honest, if he could save your soul, what, 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 what else could you give me that's better than salvation? Nothing. He can't, you can't receive anything else. Well, what about the new cars and all the fancy things that I have? Man, they're all going to burn because they're not, they're not kingdom things. Only kingdom things go in the kingdom. It's a dominion for the king. And he's in charge. He's in charge of his kingdom. And you don't have to be politically correct to be in the kingdom. You don't even have to go through woke training. Everybody will be woke up when they're in the line. There won't be anybody sleeping. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And these people over here are going to be going before the great white throne of judgment. And these people over here will be in front of the judgment seat of Christ. And those who are born again will have crowns that they can throw at Jesus' feet. And just say to him over and over, you're the king, you're the king, you're the king. And uh, you say, how do I get, how do I, first of all, how do I get in this line? You have to be born again, Mrs. Strain. You have to be born again by the blood of the Lamb. You can't get voted in by a politician or be part of a political party to get in here. That won't do you any good. You have to know that Jesus is Lord. Say that with me. Jesus is Lord. Lord means he's master of your life, not second or third. He's first in my life. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Nothing is before Christ. Nothing. That's why I feel very good about when I send my daughter off to college. I can just say, pray, read your Bible, and make sure you stay healthy. Because nothing else to me matters. I've already been there and done all that mess, Wes. Oh, well, you need to go down there and you, yeah, 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 whatever. You know what goes on. But if she's praying and she's reading her Bible, I know her head. 
I know her head's going to be right. Pray that over your child right now, just where you're at. You ain't got to say a word. Just go, man, I'm praying that right now. I got a, I got a, I got a, a child or a grandchild. See, I got a, a child. And I pray this over my oldest grandson because I have an oldest grandson who's the same age as my youngest child. Figure that out. Dave, I pray over both of them. But I've committed them to the Lord. I don't have to worry about them. I go, God, that's your deal, man. Because if you're a mommy or your daddy or grandma or grandpa, you're like crazy over your kid. Oh, Lord Jesus. Take care of them while they're out there because they're, they're in crazyville. Is the church, do I got the church's attention this morning? I'm going to keep preaching. So here, we know that you, you, you go to church with cats that just got fire insurance. And they just, they just the, fl- the flames are like, and they're like, whoa, I made it in. They ain't got anything to throw at the king's feet, but they're in. I don't want just fire insurance. I want, I want some crowns I can throw at Jesus' feet. And he's going to reward you and me for the good work that we've done for him. And we don't do good works to get saved. We do good works because we are saved. Hey, we, we, I don't, listen to this, I don't need a photo op. A lot of times they go, Pastor, get in the picture. I go, I don't need to be in any picture. Pictures are wonderful. But you guys see my mug every Sunday. Pastor Pat, don't need to be in another picture. I don't need my boat floated. My head won't get through that door. It's already big. Ask me about this one over here on the left, this this line. That's a great white throne of judgment. That's, That's not a line to be in, man. You go, well, what is it? It's when God picks up hell and all the people in it. And he throws it into the great lake of fire. Man, that's, that's, you're over here, man. You're, that's, Grandpa, that's a bad place to be. So I'm prepping you for the day. I don't want you, when you leave my church today, you can't walk out the door and go, that preacher didn't prep me for eternity. Yeah, I did. I put it on you. I cracked it on you. That's the term we use when we're roping. We're cracking it on them. I cracked it on you. What are you going to do with it? Hurry up, man. Hurry. I got to get out of here. Let me pray for you, and I'm just going to get bold. And I want you to get bold back with me. I want to pray for somebody right here, right now. Maybe it's right here, or maybe it's on the Internet. Somebody's watching by TV right where they're at, and they say, I would love to give my life to Jesus Christ because I have no idea. Even if I'm saved, Debbie, what do I do? Pastor Pat, what do I do? Just give up and say, Jesus, I want you to come live in my heart. I need to be born again. Jesus himself told Nicodemus in John 3, 3 and 3, 7, you must be born again. And this was a religious leader. God's not interested in your dang religion. He don't give a tinker's rip about what you are. Baptocostal or Pentecostal or Catholic or Lutheran or whatever. He, there, ain't no, there ain't no religion in, in heaven. 
There ain't no religion in there. Religion don't make it in heaven. Jesus was anti-religious. So when I get ready to pray, I'm just going to count. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, you probably will. And if you don't, you probably, and you, you know, will you have time? Yeah, as long as you got breath in your lung, you get saved later, maybe down the road. Diane, maybe I'm not ready right now. That's what I did for a while. I played games. It was a, Franny was like roulette. My pastor would call me every day, go, you ready to get saved yet? And I was playing roulette. If Jesus is calling on you right now, there ain't no reason to wait, man. That's a game I don't want to play. So I'm just going to pray for you. And then if you want to be saved, I believe you'll be saved. And if you don't, then it's on you. But my hands will be clean from this assignment. And I'll leave here and I'll go preach it again. And if people keep showing up to church, I'll keep preaching until he comes back to get me. How about that? I won't quit. I won't quit. So let's pray that and just raise your hands for that person's fixing to walk the aisle here. It could be a young man. It could be a young lady. It could be an older person. But I believe they're here. I believe that God brought that person here today at this church. And you're going to get to see him walk the aisle. Go, man, I can't believe I'm getting to be part of that. I'm, I'm prepping the soil right now with my prayer. Pray under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that that person walks the aisle and gives her life to Jesus. Let's all pray together right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I believe that that person is going to walk the aisle and finally give their life over to you. I believe they're going to repent and ask Christ to come into their heart. And that they would be saved. I'm just going to do this and I just person that's listening to me, whether it's on the, on the broadcast or here in this sanctuary, one, two, three, just come forward. I don't even know who I'm talking to. I'm not, I'm not even looking. Come out of the aisle. One, two, three. Come on up here. Say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Come on up. Come on up. We just want to pray with you. Just come on up. Don't be afraid. Jesus loves you and we love you. Just come on forward. Who is that person here today? Don't be afraid to come forward. So, Father God, I want to pray for that person right now who, who, is just, who has just been stricken with grief, who has been struggling, Lord God. We just pray for that person that they would be honest with themselves and know that they're not saved and they give their life to you. And, Lord God, my next prayer is this for that person who needs to repent of their lifestyle. Maybe they're engaging in whatever it is. It's promiscuity or abuse I want to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus one two three come out of the island and come down here and get uh, kneel at the feet of the king not at, not at me but God's altar come on down don't be ashamed come on down we're going to pray for you right now God wants to heal you where you're hurt right now come on all right Let's applaud the 
Lord, for the work he's doing in his house today. Let's make sure we get one of my pastors or deacons over here to be praying for these people over here. Anybody else, just come on forward. You don't even have to look around to see what anybody else is doing because it ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with anybody. They might be in your way. Tell them to get the heck out of the way. I got to get down at the altar and I got to pray. It ain't about them. It's about you. I'm talking to you today. God's talking to you. He's using me to talk to you. How about that? Isn't that crazy? Using a person like me to talk to a person like you. That's crazy in itself. That's got to be supernatural. Oh, this is a good church service. You're the right one today, man. This is it, He's on here. It's, it, it fell. You know who you are. Don't be ashamed. I can't tell you the things that God's taken off my life at this altar right here. We're fixing to wear this thing out over here. We're going to give you one more opportunity just to come forward. One, two, three, come on out. So just tell the God, I'm not afraid anymore. Make sure the devil knows I'm not afraid anymore. I'm coming anyways. I'm coming. I'm going to move on up. There's a little thing right there I got to take care of. Come on, come on. Does it feel good to be in the house of God and get honest today? I love, I love getting in the house of the Lord. It's such a great place. And I'm going to have my brother and my friend pray for you guys right now. My brother Mike. Would you pray along with them right there if you're here in the sanctuary or the sanctuary at your house? And just pray for these people and those people that are at home. Maybe, maybe your kids, maybe one of your children's watching the broadcast today. Wouldn't you like your kids to tune into this today? Text them right now. Say, tune in. You can get saved through the blood of the Lamb. All the way at your house. Thank you, Jesus. Now just start thanking God. Brother Mike, will you pray for the church? Thank you, Jesus. Earth, heaven or earth, than the power and the blood of Jesus. Pastor Pat has done his job. He's brought the word to you. He's told you how to get saved. But if you haven't moved, let your heart move. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You aren't saved. So if you haven't, move forward. Move forward. See one of the pastor deacons up here and let them tell you the next step in salvation. It's so easy just to accept Jesus. And if you're on live stream and today's the day that you've accepted Jesus, call our church tomorrow. Call the church office and let us know so we can help you with that for the next step. And, you know, as we close in prayer, uh, just bow with me. We're just, I'm so thankful that we have a perfect lamb, Jesus, who paid the ultimate and the only price there is for sin. And again, all we have to do is ask him into our heart and he gives us a new life, a new heart and changes us forever and seals us with eternity with him. So please, if you haven't done that, today's the day for salvation. And he's given us a, a perfect model for a church and we are the church. And there's churches around the world just like this. And I pray for each and every one of these churches that we are the Acts Church and we are the disciples. Jesus made us disciples. And we are to take the gospel out to this lost and dying world and share it with everybody that you come in contact with. Never give up on your family, your friends, your coworkers. Continue 
to pray for them and with them and lead them to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you for wonderful church, for leaders like Pastor Pat and this church has, and I'm sure there's all the ones around the world, all the pastors are doing the exact same thing. We just thank you, praise you, and love you. And it's, uh, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And God's children say, amen. amen.